0: Get ready, it's time for Motorsports Madness, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Jacob Seelman.
1: Hi to y'all, and welcome to another uh, Motorsports Madness episode with me, Jacob Seelman, <laughs> and this guy, Tom Baker. That would be me. That would be you. And we're going to talk some racing. That's what as we they do say here. in the South. Ricin. 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 We got lots of ricin to talk about yeah, this we weekend. Do.
2: NASCAR, um, IndyCar.
1: Well, most particularly, and perhaps one of our favorite parts of the show, modified.
2: Yes, we love modifieds around here. And for those of you who are listening or watching and wondering what is a modified, well, we're going to tell you about that as we go and yeah. give you some places to go look.
1: My argument would be if there's somebody that pays attention to us that doesn't know a modified they need to be educated real quick
2: well yeah keep in mind we have a worldwide audience i know and, uh, i i, so I, I I'm This giving, is a good opportunity yes. to showcase modifieds to a lot of new people
1: i'm giving everybody a hard time yes we love modifieds and we want you to love modifieds exactly. just as much as we do because they're awesome and yes. we're going to have two of them their drivers on tonight one of them is timmy salamito who did not have the season that he wanted to have last year and is trying to make it better in 2019. The other is the guy who definitely had the season he wanted to have because he won the championship last year in Justin Bonsignor. And we're going to hear from both of them as this show goes on. And I think Justin's going to be particularly interesting because it wasn't until after Myrtle Beach that he kind of stepped on everybody's throats. And I know he wants a win in that race uh, in Myrtle Beach in the worst way.
2: Sure does. Well, and and Myrtle Beach is a Myrtle Beach is really the perfect place to start the season. It's a neutral track and uh, it's a tire, eater, which makes the racing. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a cheese grater. So an opportunity for these guys to uh, to practice tire conservation and uh, just have a good time in uh, one of our bigger destinations. In the nation here, absolutely. Myrtle Beach is always a destination, so it's a great way to start your racing season it really it's is. still snowing up north yeah. where a lot of them are yeah. located
3: in New England.
1: Yes, a lot of them are trying to come to Myrtle Beach to escape yes. the snow for a few weeks, which is really good. So uh, we'll look forward to talking about the modifieds as the show goes on. As Tom mentioned, we'll also talk NASCAR and IndyCar and all sorts NHRA, of fun things. F- NHRA. Some yes, some stuff F1. There. there was some news regarding that as well that we'll get to as this show goes on. Right now, though, we're going to nod off to a break. When we return, Motorsports Madness
4: rolls on. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to to go, and you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry.
5: Car changing
6: lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah. Street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street!
3: <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at StopTextStopWrecks.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
5: Here's an important message from Rad and this station.
0: Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you.
4: Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Louis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Louis Meineke Car Care Center, rev up your career. This is Anthony Alfredo for the Performance Sports
3: Network. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. We'll tell you about them a little later, too. Yes. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker with you as behind the glass are Chris Murdoch and Randy Miller. And I'm sure we'll hear from Randy at some point tonight when we uh, decide we want his opinion on something. Which is often. We'll get there.
7: That's often. I have control. (laughs) <laughs> Therefore, I get to decide when I talk. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that is true. This is a very true that point. That is true. So,
1: all right. We are, uh, we're rolling on right now, and uh, we'll start this show. I hate starting shows on bad notes, but it's tough not to do when bad notes are really where the news of the week has been centralized Uh, two things one out of the f1 world and one out of the dirt world we'll start with f1 and offer our condolences and prayers to the formula one family as they get set for their season opener this weekend in melbourne australia Um, Charlie Whiting, the longtime Formula One race director, passed away uh, very unexpectedly yesterday morning of a pulmonary embolism at 66. Uh, He had just done the track walk for this weekend's Australian Grand Prix, and just, just unfortunate. I think, Tom... You know, when you see someone of Charlie Whiting's stature leave us so suddenly, it's been amazing to me to see all the tributes, all the kind words, and just the impact and legacy that he's left behind in all the things that have been said about him, from the teams to those who have worked in F1, even to some fan comments that I've seen, just, you know, it... it, the magnitude of what he did for that sport and for the FIA was so much more far-reaching than I think any of us, maybe here in the states, ever realized.
2: Well, and I think you said it exactly right. Impact—you you measure somebody's impact by the reaction that—and um, it's uh, it's always it's always hard to lose someone, mm-hmm. and, and Charlie was a big part of. The F1 community, but also a big part of the motorsports community in general and very widely respected. So uh, certainly our thoughts and prayers are with his family and the F1 community, as you said.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, our prayers also out to the Dirt Late Model community right yes. now as uh, some news coming out just before the live airing of this show began that Scott Bloomquist was involved in a motorcycle accident that has left the national Dirt Late Model hall of famer in the hospital we do not know the extent of any injuries we don't know the extent of the crash or where it happened what caused it right now all we know is from a limited statement from the team that scott is in the hospital and he will be out of action indefinitely when it comes to dirt late model competition which you know he had just come off a pretty solid speed weeks in in volusia so uh you know not the news that anybody wanted and he's not voluntarily missed a Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series event since 2013. Uh he was suspended for one non-points race back in uh back earlier this season, yeah. but he's not missed a full points race with the Lucas Oil Tour, you know, in 6 years just about. So this is going to be really weird considering they go to Atomic Speedway in Ohio this weekend to open the midwestern portion of their season and for the first time in a lengthy amount of time scott bloomquist will not be in the field whether you like him or you don't like him he made you pay attention and i think that's the impact that you know when we saw it the last time scott was suspended after the uh, issues that he had at eldora during the dirt late model dream you know regardless of fans thoughts on Scott Bloomquist, they wanted to see him in the field, whether because they were rooting for him or they wanted to root against him.
2: Well, you know, and that's just the thing. I mean, Scott has certainly had a legacy of accomplishment and, you know, he, he's never shied away from controversy. Um, But, uh, you know, we, we certainly feel bad for Scott and, and, you know, you never wanted. This is the second uh, MVA that we've had in the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, first, yeah, Tanner, Tanner Thorson and, still healing, and up. now Scott. So, uh, uh, all the best to Scott and his family as um, as he heals, and uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, you first want to be able to get him back a hundred percent. Right. You know, the race car can right, come right. later, but again, yeah, certainly right. tough news for about Scott. Yeah, the race sure.
1: car is always secondary in situations yeah. like this. So we uh, yeah. certainly wish well to the Bloomquist family and friends, and our thoughts and prayers are with the uh, the Whiting and F1 families uh, right now as uh, they go through this weekend. The uh, actually, the uh, race director for Formula One this weekend is going to be the deputy race director of the Virgin Australia Supercars Championship which is running as the support series yeah. this weekend at Albert Park. So, ah, a lot of bad news and I want to turn the turn the conversation to some good news. Yeah, let's um, do that. You know, we've got a lot of racing coming ahead this weekend at Auto Club Speedway. There's been a lot of conversation about what we might or might not see. One thing we do know we'll see regardless is that Kyle Busch is going to have two shots. At collecting NASCAR National Series win number 200, and that's another subject that's been very polarizing over the past week or so, as he, you know, even a couple weeks as he's inched closer to that 200 mark. I agree with what both Kyle and Richard have said on the subject. You can't compare Kyle's 200 wins versus Richard's 200 wins, no. it's apples and oranges, but you have to respect at just 33 years old, in a span of 15 years, what Kyle Busch has done in the sport to get to where he's at.
2: Well, I don't disagree with any of that, and we'll give Randy a chance to react as well, but I don't disagree with any of it. Uh, ex- my my whole way of looking at this is that it's, it is an apple and an orange. Richard Petty is the all-time winningest cup series driver mm-hmm. now you could argue all you want about well he raced more times a week he raced dirt track races without full fields blah 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 whatever he's the all-time winningest cup series driver so mm-hmm. kyle bush has won 200 total races each in their own way is an accomplishment that's an anomaly and likely will never be done again and here's why Obviously, nobody will ever top Richard Petty's 200-win um, Cup Series career. There's just not
1: enough Cup There's races There's not enough Cup now.
2: races. Nobody races long enough to do that. Right. But and, and and nobody will ever win 200 races across all three series again, in my opinion, because NASCAR has restricted – restricted – NASCAR has restricted the number of races that you can run in a season in the lower series. In the beginning of Kyle's run with all of this, you didn't have any limits. Right. So, you know, in, in, in my uh, opinion, I think each accomplishment is really worthy in its own way and probably will, will never happen again in terms of how does Kyle compare to, to Richards? Um, here's my thought. Kyle won a good bunch of those truck series, especially Xfinity series races with cup equipment. And, you know, obviously he's got a lot of resources other teams don't have. To me, it's sort of like Brett Favre or Tom Brady going back, playing college ball and then saying, well, how many total games they win across high school, college and the pros. Um, So I don't want to diminish it, but I also don't want to overstate it. I think Kyle Busch's defining legacy is yet to happen, and it's going to come in 10 years or so if he keeps racing and can keep his his winning pace up. He's going to win more races than David Pearson. He's going to have at least 106, second all-time on the cup wins list. That's going to be what we remember Kyle long-term for, not how many truck and Xfinity races he won.
1: And to me, Randy, that's that's remarkable to even think about, in all honesty, that, uh, you know, we – I don't think any of us thought that anybody would even get close to Pearson and then Gordon did. So Right,
7: right. Gordon, you know, when he got to ninety three everybody was so excited and he was able to get to ninety three before he retired, but Kyle Bush is only thirty three. So right, he got yeah. A good ten years to go. But I, I feel like that he's gonna be the theme of the night, so my answer to every question from the rest of the night is Kyle Busch. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's great. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or Everything. we,
2: or Everything's we great. C- it's all great. We could do his response to Jeff Glock. Whoop damn do.
1: <laughs> that was one of the classic Kyle Busch it lines really ever. Yeah. And he needs, yeah, we're, that, that one's good. <laughs> that one's going to stay for a while. Yeah. So with all of that, we're going to get ready to step aside when <laughs> we, we it return. Audio. Yeah. More motorsports madness still to come. We got a lot more to talk about. Stick around. We continue with the program right after this.
4: or you can email them at office at com.
2: Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SECA and club level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America.
9: Hi, I'm Sheldon Creed, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance
1: Motorsports Network. Now back to the show.
2: I kind of dig that
1: music for Sheldon Creed.
2: Sort of, uh, you know, it's Jimmy Buffett like, kind yeah. of, you know. Or Well, Sheldon's a California kid. Yeah, it so. kind of works. It yeah. kind of works. Just, you know, thinking about a parrot and, <laughs> yeah. you know, something an like island. that.
1: Motorsports Madness Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, uh, Randy Miller, and Chris Murdoch are hiding back in the rafters somewhere.
2: Yeah, they're uh, in the tech shed. <laughs> I
1: Murdoch just jumped. Murdoch just jumped up towards yeah. the ceiling off camera. Chris that's funny. Chris to has jump
7: to reach the rafters. I do not. <laughs> yeah, that's, true. that's a saying. true statement. Um,
1: so, okay, we were talking about Kyle Busch a little <laughs> bit in the in the last segment, and I want to talk more Fontana as the show goes on. But I actually want to talk about another big NASCAR thing that happened this week, known as. The Hall of Fame nomination list. Ooh. Ah.
2: That was really bad. But okay. (laughs) Keep going.
1: I will keep going because
2: I'm one
1: part not surprised and one part really pissed off at the Hall of Fame nominating committee. Why? Why? Because they were stupid. I'll get to why they were stupid in a minute. The well, first...
2: That's pretty mean of you, calling them stupid.
1: <laughs> well, Jeez. wait till we get to my gripe. You'll understand where I'm coming from. Okay. First part, I was thrilled to see a certain name that was not Tony Stewart on the nomination list. And it, it harkens to me to drivers who, while their statistic sheets were not the longest in the world, made a huge impact in other areas of the sport, and this driver, who I believe will get in the Hall of Fame posthumously in the next couple years, is Neil Bonnet. I was thrilled to see Neil's name come up on the nomination list this year, and I believe it's it's very well warranted, especially for the impact he had in the broadcast booth um, over his time, you know, when he stepped out of the car after his first major accident. Um, You know, his cup, Rap Sheet was not the longest in the world, like I mentioned, 18 career victories, and he didn't necessarily have the points finishes, but he did a ton in the broadcast booth with Squire, with Bob Jenkins. You know, he was a voice in the, ni- in the 90s especially that, as I've gone back and watched some historical videos, just you know, he had a way of telling you know, telling the story of the sport to the common folk, but at the same time not dumbing it down. So to speak, and I appreciate, you know, I appreciate somebody with that kind of perspective.
2: Well, see, and I agree with you totally on that. It's it's the same exact argument I use for Buddy Baker. And, you know, I think Buddy and Neil are good examples of drivers who maybe aren't as statistically accomplished as some others were. Um, But both Buddy and Neil carried on their impact in the sport far, far after Mm -hmm. they get out of the driver's seat. And of course, Neil went back and right. well, You know, unfortunately, uh, lost his life in a racing accident. So um, tough. Uh, it, that was a tough loss because Neil was he was your consummate country boy. Yes, you know, and and, and Buddy was a, a southern gentleman too. But you know, two very different styles. Buddy was kind of. Funny and entertaining and, and mm. gregarious and Neil was just sort of laid back. He, he and, was. Neil reminds me, Neil and Andy, Andy Petrie in, in the broadcast booth are about yes. the same. The two of them remind me of each other. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It, so I want to go around the table on this next point, and I think it's I, it may be a unanimous decision here. We'll see. Of course, we all knew that Tony Stewart was going to end up on the nomination list this year. It's the first year yeah. he's eligible. So my question is not if – you know, or when he's going to get in, it's quite simply this. Is Tony Stewart a first ballot Hall of Famer and gets in in May, Chris? Well, hang on. Randy needs to hit the button. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go, There you we go. go. Go ahead, Chris. Am I good? Yeah, yeah you're, you're good. I, I, you're you're very good.
8: Yes. Um, but in this day and age, Jacob, where we see a lot of – things being catered to the current fan base and i think tom Mm -hmm. would agree with that statement i say yes just because of meeting today's standards we saw you know as soon as jeff got out he got in yeah Uh, i say the same thing for tony
1: tom
2: again by the by the process we have of course um and i don't want to diminish the fact that i don't think tony stewart should be in the hall of fame i just think there's a whole lot of legends of the sport that ought to, ought to be put in there first. I don't think we always have to put somebody in uh, within two or three years after they retire. But
1: My argument here is Tony's accomplishments speak for themselves. I mean, he's the driver with the most championships that is now no longer actively racing in NASCAR. Sure. That is not in the hall. He's got the most wins of any driver not active that's not in the hall. And he's given back with the race team. Obviously, he's still building his short track resume outside of NASCAR, but I, I think the accomplishments alone are first ballot Hall of Fame worthy, quite simply, Randy. It's no contest to me.
7: Yeah, I was going to, to your point, I was going to say the same thing. If you're looking at just NASCAR stats alone, I mean, he does have three championships and you know a bunch of wins and stuff, but if you look at everything, if you look at the full spectrum of Tony Stewart outside of NASCAR, he's still giving a lot to the sport. I mean, he does a lot You know, to, uh, at his track at Eldora. He does a lot of sprint car stuff. Outside of NASCAR, if you're looking at just NASCAR, but if you're looking at motorsports as a whole, I mean, I, he's still doing stuff for the sport, right. so mm-hmm. I feel like he deserves to go in just because he's still giving back to the sport even after he's not racing anymore.
1: And I have a, a stupid question, maybe. Um, there are no stupid questions, only stupid answers.
8: Well, I, I asked this question on uh, on Instagram the other day because I saw NASCAR and NBC's post about the you know ballot nominations, mm-hmm. and... And this has always been – I've been puzzled by this. Does, does Sam Bass qualify, or does he still have to follow the three-year rule?
1: See, Sam never drove a race car, but my opinion on that, and I talked about this on the show right after Sam passed, Sam is a perfect candidate for – you know, Sam's the type of perfect candidate for the what the Landmark Award yeah. was created, the yep, Landmark Award for Outstanding Contributions to NASCAR. I don't think for the position Sam was in, he's necessarily a true – Hall of Famer, so to speak, but he's the kind of person that the Landmark Award is perfect for and the perfect description of for what he gave to the sport in other avenues. So I I, I think you see Sam Bass end up on the Landmark Award nomination really quickly and end up being recognized in that way. Now, that allows me to segue to my gripe on two fronts Uh with the Hall of Fame committee here. Numero uno. Since I just mentioned the landmark award, I'll stop with that, or stop with that. Start with that. I'm already flustered. Jeez. Okay. (laughs) Get it together. I'll start with the landmark award. And flustered flannel. I don't normally agree with Jenna Fryer, but I'm going to give Jenna a lot of credit here. Jenna, I agree with you on this because you used a word that I feel wholeheartedly right now. I'm embarrassed by the NASCAR Hall of Fame Nominating Committee. I did not think with the way the system was that we could have drivers or other dignitaries knocked off their respective lists once they were on there. I thought the process was only to replace one, you know, once somebody was honored with an award. Well, this year has proven that's not necessarily true because for the landmark award... We've bumped both one of my heroes and mentors, Barney Hall, the late Barney Hall, and Janet Guthrie off the nomination pool for the Landmark Award this year. Neither of them are eligible in the five for the Landmark Award this year. That'll strike a nerve with Tom. No reason has been given yet, and I don't know that we're going to get one instantaneously, but regardless. Who replace them? That I'm gonna have to look up real quick. I I because sure I don't have this entirely me. memorized.
8: I, I I you're know slipping. if anybody know, in I this room knows Tom <laughs> as well as all of us do, he's a huge Janet Guthrie fan. So well, I feel like...
2: you know, I I mean, I, I feel like that if you're, I I feel like Janet was is worthy of the Hall of Fame only because she was the first female yes to legitimately. Um, go out and run competitively and she yep. did it in equipment that wasn't nearly as as good as the driver she was running against in that era she she came in at a time when females running stock cars were lar- was largely discouraged yes. um, let's put it nicely like that and so my argument for her would be you need to put her in there for not for her stats necessarily mm-hmm. But for what she had to overcome and, and how yeah. she carried herself now, Absolutely. Barney Hall, I don't think there should even be a question mark. I don't know why NASCAR, did somebody just mess up?
1: I don't know. Now, so to answer the so to answer the question, the three new, I don't know who the third landmark award nominee that got bumped was, but the three new landmark award nominees that uh, were not returning names were Edsel Ford II, Dr. Uh, Doc Mattioli, Dr. Joe Mattioli from Pocono Raceway, and Mike Helton. Okay. And I know that Janet Guthrie and Barney Hall were two of the three landmark nominees from last year that did not return. The two returning landmark nominees are Alvin Hawkins and Ralph Seagraves.
2: So we believe, apparently, that Dr. Mattioli, Mike Helton, and who was the Edsel other Edsel Ford II. Edsel Ford II. Do you want to explain to me why he gets on there and Barney Hall and Janet Guthrie don't? I mean, so, how did I kind Ford, of get? Ford
1: but, Ford the Second was the pioneer of the of the Ford Motorsports program when it was back in the formative days of NASCAR. Is the that, guy
2: from Chevrolet? That, I don't is know. Is he going to be? I mean, I, I guess I'm I'm just wondering where the. the I'm wondering where the line of thinking is. Yeah, I I'm I not sure where it. the
1: line is there. Um, we, we so we
2: need to talk more about that. I, I think. That's, yeah, we need to talk I more about call that. stupid. I just think that's... I know.
1: So I hate, and I didn't even get to my gripe about the actual Politics. Hall of Fame nominee. That got bumped off the list. We'll get to that a little later in the show. We have to, yeah, we have to interrupt this Hall of Fame discussion for a few minutes to uh, talk some modifieds around the corner. We will do that with a driver out of New York who has been a uh, frequent guest to this show, we'll say. Timmy Salamito is going to join us in the next segment to talk about getting back on the right foot with his modified program at Flamingo Motorsports and trying to chase the uh, part of his resume that is not quite there, which is a championship. He's been second, but he wants the big trophy. He's hoping to get that this year. So we'll hear from Timmy Salamito coming up as Motorsports Madness rolls on. I'm Jacob Seelman. He's Tom Baker, and we will be right back.
3: At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat?
6: Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
8: Hi, I'm Jesse Love, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back
1: to the show. Just talked to Jesse this week, as a matter of fact. He's doing a four-race car in four-day little thing that actually starts today with yes, a uh, super tonight. late model yep. test and goes on to pro late models and midgets and legends cars. I love the kid for his diversity. We were talking about Tony yeah. Stewart earlier, and Jesse's, uh, Jesse's schedule kind of reminds me of what Tony would do back in his prime when he would literally race anything at any
2: point. Yeah, he uh, Jesse actually m- made his 410 debut Last no, week. That not is a three, debut, but 360. So not it, a, it, it was a 360 race. Let me yeah. start that over again. 360 race. He ran a 360 race last weekend and was basically in the car for about a half an hour and goes out, wins an LCQ. And, that, so, yeah, he, he did good. Yeah, kid kid the, done the good. The wing car is definitely, um, you know, he likes driving the wing car better, he said. Mm-hmm. But, you know, winged or unwinged, he's fast. And that kid is... He's just all over. Yes. He's, he's going to be. Uh, he's going to run about seventy-five races this season. So he's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I know somebody
1: else who's fast. He just doesn't have a wing. And we're going to go to the race chaser hotline right now to it's talk. Been done before with him. Uh, we welcome Timmy Salamito back to the program as we uh, kick off our modified discussion because well they're racing at Myrtle Beach this weekend and that's a place I know Timmy uh, you're very fond of because you've started your season off strong there in the past and I know after a season that was not what you wanted it to be last year you'd like to start off strong there again this weekend.
9: Absolutely you know uh, the team upgraded both cars over the winter and uh, they did a bunch of work and I think uh, we're going there very prepared this year so Looking forward to it. We had uh, really good luck there and good success in 2017. So hoping that uh, we can get back to victory lane and and start this year off right.
1: I was talking with somebody earlier today, actually, about Myrtle Beach and and how nice it has to be for you guys to come down from the north and and start the season down here, get out of the snow a little bit. But it it seems interesting, too, that – Myrtle Beach, and even, uh, you know, South Boston, where you guys will go in a couple weeks, these are tracks that don't necessarily behave like the tracks that you guys are used to running at in New England.
9: Yeah, they're completely different than what we're used to. You know, we're used to tracks that have pretty good grip, uh, pavements not too beat up. You know, we come down here to the south, and these racetracks are are really rough, you know, really abrasive on our tires, and you really have to take it slow, not really just race your competition, but you got to race the racetrack. Um, You know, it's, really comes down to strategy and, and who has the best tires at the end so uh thanks for an interesting race you know there'll be guys that'll be killing themselves in the beginning of the race to go up there and lead and try and get track position and there will be guys that'll pull to the back and kind of ride hopefully be there at the last 25 laps when 20 it so uh makes for an interesting race for the fans and uh i think it's going to be exciting this this uh this week down here at myrtle beach i think there's a lot of good cars a lot of guys that could win the race so um you know, it'll, it'll definitely spice things up to start the year off, and uh, I'm excited to get the South Boston a couple weeks, too. You know, we haven't been there at all, and uh, it looks like a really cool track and a really nice cap facility, so it'll be interesting.
2: Timmy, um, we're, we normally have you on our, our sister show, the Stock Car Show, on Monday nights. Um, this show here is a very, very large worldwide audience who may not all be familiar with NASCAR modifieds as a division. Um, can you sum up what a NASCAR modified is and what it's like to drive one for those fans who are not uh, necessarily acquainted with a division that Jacob and I both happen to love almost more than anything else.
9: Yeah, absolutely. It's probably the best looking race car you'll ever see, besides maybe a dirt midget or something, but uh, it's low to the ground. Got a, a two inch ride height on the left front and uh, everything's slammed down on the ground. We've got 15 inch wide uh, slick tires, you know, open wheeled. And 600 plus horsepower, so the car doesn't weigh too much, 2600 pounds, so it really accelerates up off the corner. Uh, we got big old nerf bars on the side of them and on the front front end that uh, you know we do some pushing around with, especially when it comes to a short track. So uh, a lot different than a super late model or, or you know a cup car or anything else that most fans that are probably listening watch. So uh, if you do get a chance, be sure to tune into uh, NBC Sports this year um, or for a uh, race. Uh,
2: fanschoice.tv
9: fans Choice TV. yep certainly will be on there so uh be sure to check them out pretty exciting racing uh, a bunch of blue collar guys you know that work a 40 hour work week uh like to go to the racetrack on the weekends and beat up on one another and hopefully make a good race for the fans so makes it exciting and uh you know it's all about bragging rights
2: well and for those who aren't acquainted to Jacob Richie Evans mm-hmm. if if NASCAR fans who remember the name Richie Evans he was one of the the, the best ever at NASCAR modifieds and so yeah that um, that definitely can be something that uh, somebody does some research on. Just go to the NASCAR.com website and uh, and search home tracks, and uh, you'll you'll be able to find the modified tour and read all about them and see pictures.
1: Indeed. Now I want to go back you, since you brought up uh, the fans' choice. Um, bit there with Timmy I want to ask Timmy now because I I actually spent some time with Ryan Priest right after this was announced uh, Atlanta weekend and Ryan looks at me and goes this is this might be the best thing that's happened to the modified division in a long time so I'm curious your thoughts Timmy on fans choice carrying every Mm -hmm. modified race and and the, the opening up of the division to be able to be seen now by a larger fan base than you guys have ever had before.
9: Yeah, it's huge, you know, especially for our series. Uh, It gets us out, you know, in front of people that, um, you know, might not be able to make it to a race or might not be able to watch them. It's great for our sponsors and our teams, you know. It gets us out in the limelight and and gets people to to see what we're all about. So um, I think it's going to be exciting for everybody that's uh, not only watching, but even the drivers that are involved in it, you know, so. Uh, Definitely a cool thing that they did, and and hopefully they'll have a really good uh, support from everybody, and and everybody can watch and and tune in when they can't make it to the racetrack.
1: What do you remember now, circling back to Myrtle Beach a bit, what do you remember from the win a couple of years ago? Because uh, I was down there for that one, and I remember you and I talking after the race that it was – kind of different than i think we all expected it to play out it certainly worked out in your favor but what do you remember from that race and kind of how the day played out
9: um basically you just can't you can't really go by by speeds and everything you gotta basically dial your car and it will be really comfortable um you know long run speed um you know you can't really look for that raw speed you know and, and putting a number up on top of the chart or anything like that you basically gotta you know you really gotta tune your car for yourself to be comfortable at the end of the race, um, you know, when the tires are wearing down, um, and basically just race the racetrack. You can't really race the competition. you got to get in a, in a good position, get good track position, uh, be smart about saving your tires, uh, and, and get really good feedback for your crew so on the pit stops you can make the right adjustments and, and basically pit as lit as you possibly can to get the tires and try and make a mad dash to the front. I mean, a couple of years ago when we won, we were actually sitting, I don't know, 7th or 8th, and we just kept getting caution after caution. It was eating up, you know, laps under yellow. And I, and I thought, we're never going to make it back to the front at this, at this rate. Um, you know, a couple lucky breaks, and we found ourselves on the outside, um, you know, running second with a green-white checker and ended up, you know, having enough tire left to, to take home the win. So um, it's really a chess match. It's, uh, it's a huge strategy deal. Kind of, uh, it's almost, I mean, basically you take, you know, chess and, roulette, and mix them together, you know, it's it's basically just a, it's kind of a gamble, you know, you're just out there, and you gotta be lucky, gotta be in the right spot, there's a lot that plays into it, so it makes it exciting for everybody that's watching it, Um, you know, hopefully we come out with the best strategy, and, and the most tires at the end to put in victory lane,
1: do you enjoy strategy races like that, or do you prefer the style of racing from from up in New England and, and Long Island, where you're from, where you get to root and gouge a little bit more and it puts it more in the driver's hands?
9: Uh, this is cool because it's something different. You know, we don't get to do it. Uh, you know, we do it maybe once or twice a year. So uh, this is definitely different for all of us. The first year I came down, I loved it. Obviously, we won, and then last year it bit us. We didn't get the last tire on, and we finished 13th. So, um, I hated it that day, you know, so it's, it's kind of a catch-22. Um, I mean, I love the I love the hard-nosed race and, you know, drop the green flag and, and run as hard as you can and the fastest guy wins or, or runs really well. So it makes it tough to come down here when it's a strategy race and just be smart, try and let it all play out and be there at the end. But, um, you know, you got to be good at both of them. you got to be able to play the mix and, and be there at the end. So um, I, I do enjoy this battle racing, but sometimes I, I like the uh, – hard a short track racing as well.
1: You mentioned the team has gone to work upgrading the cars from where you guys were at the end of last season. I mean, talk a little bit about what the off season's been like for you for Eric Sanderson for sly your crew chief, and just you know what what you guys have done to get this team back to where it was because i I know you and I talked about last year being a huge motivator for you guys because that you know where you guys ended the year is not where this team is used
7: to being
9: yeah absolutely you know we we went some you know then winning races and uh, contender for the championship the last year just struggling um you, you know you to come home with top fives and top tens so uh we knew at the end of the year you know we knew three quarters way through the year that we were just struggling and, and we were starting to come up with a game plan then you know uh the team just said we all sat down we said what do we you know what do we need to do and we all agreed you know that it was time to upgrade the equipment we were running on some older frames you know 2013s and 2014s so um you know we upgraded the cars upgraded the motors uh you know, the team went to work, and, and we got uh, two brand-new Troy TA3s. Uh, we went down to some murder a couple weeks ago and, and tested TA3 and found out a lot of a lot about the car. And, uh, more importantly, we had some pretty good raw speed. We qualified third, three out of the five nights, and fifth and sixth. The other two nights ran up front, led some laps. So, um, that was all exciting stuff. So, if we got everything together and all our ducks in a row, I think uh, I think we'll be back up front and hopefully battling for, for wins and contend uh, at the top five. So, um The guys have been working really hard in the shop, building two cars, and and, uh, you know, we ended up selling the other two cars that we had. So uh, they've been working pretty hard to build two brand new race cars, plus keep everything in line, and everything organized. So uh, hopefully, it all pay off for the guys, and and, uh, we can get them back out front, back at Victory Lane where they're used to being.
1: Your fellow, uh, one of your fellow. Modified competitors and uh, a Long Islander and Justin Bonson, you won the championship last year after you came so close in 17 to doing the same thing. And uh, that, uh, that feels like the one hole left on your resume right now. How how important, how motivated are you to go out and get that Crystal Bowl trophy that they give to you guys at the end of each year? Because that, to me, seems like at this point it would be the singular focus, No.
9: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've we've been focused on it for the last couple of years. Uh, you know, we had won races and, and run well. Uh, just couldn't put it all together. In 2017, we came so close, missing it by six points, and winning five races that year. You know, you don't have years that you win five races and and miss the championship by six points, but we did. You know, so um, it's a motivator, especially after last year struggling and, and not having speed. You know, as a driver, you start thinking, you know, maybe maybe it's me, maybe it's something that I lost, but uh, you know, to go down to Florida in the beginning of this year, have speed. Um, you know, there's a couple nights in the invert. We started sixth or seventh, and, and we're able to drive up to, you know, top two, top three, and uh, even take the lead and lead some laps. So, uh, you know, that all made me feel good. And then I actually ran an indoor car uh, this winter to try and sharpen up. And, uh, you know, I think that's helped me a bunch, too. So, uh, driver's feeling good. Got some confidence back. I think, I think it's going to be uh, all good stuff for 2019.
2: Got about uh, 30 seconds uh, to hit your sponsors and anybody you want to thank.
9: Yeah, first and foremost, Alex Anderson, I mean, uh, stuck behind me. This is, we're going on our fifth year together. Um, he's he's never never questioned me as a driver, never had any uh, anything to bad to say. You know, the car gets wrecked, comes over, he says, ah, it's job security. We'll go get him next time. You know, you can't ask for a better owner than that. Sly's Haven, Jerry Murkowski in the shop. They're working their butts off, getting the car ready every week, and, and just uh, – focusing on speed, and uh, all the crew members that just get us get to the track and help us out. And, uh, you know, they're all volunteer guys, so it makes it tough. But uh, they're there to win races, and hopefully we can get them back out front.
1: Well, we're hoping so as well. Uh, we're going to say a quick thank you to Timmy Salamito for coming on to join us tonight because we got to jet off to a break. So we'll have more modified conversation coming up as this show goes on. Motorsports Madness continues in just a couple of moments.
0: is your job sucking the life out
2: of you wake up you can do something else information technology I know what you're thinking but I'm not a math and science person no problem and no excuses because it's not rocket science it's my computer career Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu.
5: For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.
8: Hi, I'm Riley Herbst, and you're listening to Race Talk on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network.
1: Techno Riley. Techno, yeah, Techno Riley. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by (laughs) mycomputercareer.edu. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Randy Miller, and Chris Murdoch are behind the glass, and Randy's been jumping in from time to time. We are just finishing up the first half of tonight's program, and we want to thank Timmy Salamito again for joining us on the Race Chaser Hotline during our last segment. We're going to hear from one of his uh, contemporaries, the Reigning NASCAR Modified Champion Justin Bonson, you're coming up in the second half of tonight's program. And Justin has not yet won at Myrtle Beach, and I know that's a uh, frontier that he would like to check off.
2: Yeah, and by the way, we we talk about Myrtle Beach and Modifieds, and that's coming up this weekend. If you're out there and you want to watch it. Um, I believe Jacob, it's live. It's gonna be, is it going to be live?
1: We were mentioning that uh, FansChoice TV yes. has signed for every k and East, K&N West, and Wheel and Modified race this season. So no matter what what track the, those three series go to, they will be on FansChoice TV.
2: And here's the best pra- the part
1: about that: the price. It's free, or as my friend Casey LeJoy says, free ninety nine.
2: Yes. 3 dollars dot tv, and you can watch the uh, if you if you don't know what modified is i mean it's it's going to be saturday what uh are we in the afternoon start there so, yes
1: late afternoon i think five o'clock
2: yeah so somewhere t- tune in somewhere around three o'clock eastern and and uh just watch the the coverage from there so saturday afternoon should be a a great weekend and and that should be a fantastic race
1: it really should be i'm very much looking forward to Saturday's race. It's always been a very peculiar race, but I think that's what makes it fun is like Timmy said, you really don't know what you're going to get when you come to Myrtle Beach for a modified race. And that's just, it's one of those things that just, it's a wild card race, much like a Talladega. A lot of tire
2: fall off. Just a lot of change from Mm -hmm. the start of a run to the end. So, yeah, uh, short track fine it's finest. It's a uh, half mile oval, very old, very historic. And uh so yeah, tune in Saturday afternoon at about 3 Eastern or so. Watch the rest, yes.
1: of, the, the rest of the event. Do it. Do it. I think 4:30 is the advertised start Oh, time, okay. 4:30. So a little bit Eastern. later.
2: Fanschoice.tv.
1: Yep. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more motorsports madness right after this.
4: We're growing like crazy and need account reps who know their way around agencies, the internet, and social media. Got connections, or do you know how to get to the decision makers? Are you fearless? We need you. Internet radio, or as we call it, wireless mobile radio, is rapidly becoming the place to be with almost limitless income potential. So contact us to get involved with the fastest growing, professionally produced group of internet radio stations in the world. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or you can email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's? Yeah. And Josh, you're going to?
8: Soccer, Dad.
3: persuasion
8: okay okay we're buckling up see all buckled
3: good choice i'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time.
8: what what no, no!
3: do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives never give up until they buckle up a message from the national highway traffic safety administration and the ad council visit safercar.gov slash kids buckle up for more information strapmasters.com is the proud sponsor of NHRA top fuel driver clay milliken If you own a luxury car or SUV, eventually your high-tech suspension system is going to fail. And when it happens, call or click strutmasters.com for an American-made suspension conversion system that solves the problem for a fraction of what you'd pay at the dealer. And the only thing faster than the service you'll get at strutmasters.com is Clay Milliken stomping on that loud pedal. Hi, I'm NASCAR driver William
1: Byron. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. I like the rhythm of that background music. Yes. I'm a music guy, so I'm, I'm cool Me with too. that. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker. This is Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercrew.edu. Randy Miller and Chris Murdoch are over behind all the lights, camera action that we're looking at.
2: Keeping us on the air.
1: Yeah. Doing a good job of it too. Yes. So, real quickly, while we're talking modifieds for a bit, and we're going to get to uh, Justin Bonsignor you are in a moment. But I looked at the entry list, and <gasps> I'm excited because I don't think we've ever had this many cars for a modified race at Myrtle well, Beach before. Thirty four cars are entered for this deal.
2: Thirty four cars, and and a really serious. Competitive list, including some yes. names that haven't raced in a while, coming back and some faces in different places, which no, is absolutely. always
1: fun. So we had uh, 29 cars for the inaugural tour race at the beach, and 27 a year ago. So 34 is a market increase, and that's good. You've got, of course, Burt Myers in uh, Eddie Harvey's car. Um, you've got five ooh, multi-time champion, five-time champion Doug Kobe, I think. I think I counted yeah. that, counted those yeah, titles, right? You're correct. Matt Swanson um, in the bowler car. That's going to be the interesting straw that could stir the drink there. You've got John McKennedy back and Tommy Baldwin's 7NY. Patrick Emerling's coming down from New York. He I hasn't, love that. I love that, too. I think that's very interesting, and maybe if they get off to a strong start, could we see Emerling take a shot at the championship? You never know. We just heard from Timmy Salamito. You've got both Bontz and your cousins, Kyle and Justin, uh, taking a shot at it uh, down south. The Catalano brothers... Timmy and Tommy yep. uh, on the list. You've got Matt Hirschman, of course, in the PD Motorsports number 60 car, who's done everything at Myrtle Beach but win. You've got super modified star Rob Summers. Uh, Woody Pitcats back in Danny Watts' 82 car. Anthony Nocella, who's become yep. known for his accomplishments on the open wheel side and various things TQ Midgets, uh, mm-hmm. Midgets, Modified. Yeah, absolutely. Andy Seiss, former Southern. Champion in Brian Doza's 97 car, Jamie Tomato, modified legend. I mean, this field is stout and it, it's led by one driver who we're going to hear from coming up in our next segment. The champ joins Justin us Monsignor. in just a couple of minutes. Justin Bonsignor coming up
4: on Motorsports Madness. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it.
8: Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Todd Gillant and you're listening to Race Talk on PMN, the Performance Motor
1: Source Network. I'm going to file a NASCAR modified on the list of the few things that David Gilliland doesn't have in his shop because he's got literally just about everything else. Just saying.
2: Yeah, he needs a NASCAR modified and he needs a wing super modified.
1: Yeah, Just because. we are kind of partial to both of those. Yeah. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Jacob Seelman and Tom Baker still at this here table talking racing while Randy Miller and Chris Murdoch are keeping us in line. And uh, joining us on the phone line as we go back to the Race Chaser hotline now is another driver who uh, not only do we like having him on, but usually he ends up you know, either giving us crap or teaching us a thing or two during the course of his segment. Champ, welcome back. Justin Bonsignor joins us now, and that's the first time I've gotten to say champ since I think the end of the season last year at at Thompson. So I'm sure that's not going to get old for the next six months.
10: Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's... Uh been a nice thing to uh to have uh been called but uh, i'll just go by justin it's a little easier <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll give you that and i imagine you're just as soon not worried about what happened last year anymore and ready to focus forward on what's about to happen this year and trying to defend that championship of course it starts with the really the one thing that you didn't do last year which was go to myrtle beach and win
10: yeah you know uh we've been excited um all winter long to get back to the racetrack. Uh, you know, I got a good group of, uh, just race hungry guys and all we want to do is go racing and, um, you know, we're, we're excited to get back at it. You know, we, we didn't want 2018 to end, but, um, you know, I've said a few times now we, we at the same time wanted to be able to celebrate our, and clinch our first championship as a team. And, um, you know, we've been excited to get back to the racetrack. Uh, we've been watching, uh, all our friends and competitors race down in Smyrna and a couple of the LFR guys were testing today in of Boston. So, uh, I'm excited to get back behind the wheel of the Modified. Obviously, I've been racing all winter with the TQ, staying sharp, but uh, we are ready to unload and, and see what we got and see if we can, can pick up where we left off uh, at the end of 18. And um, you know, Myrtle Beach was is just one of its own, and you know, we'll just hope to get out of there with a good finish.
1: I wanted to ask you about that because I know you and Eric Rudolph put on a show for the TQ title, and it didn't quite work out in your favor, but that looked like a ton of fun that you had over the last couple months.
10: Yeah, TQ racing uh, is always always a really good time over the winter. It keeps, uh, keeps me sharp. I'm not much of a gym guy, so uh, to stay behind the wheel, keep my mind sharp, uh, they'll definitely keep you in a little bit of shape as as, uh, as tough as they are to run. So uh, I, I had a good time all winter. We came up a little short. Um, we were in a uh, winner-take-all pretty much position doing on doing it on Saturday night uh, with uh, with our new Bobby Weber-owned race car, but uh got... Got caught up in a wreck, well, got wrecked, actually, um, running third. Don't think we were going to beat Eric as it, as it was on Saturday night. We were better than him Friday and got the win, but he was definitely better than us Saturday. So would have been a tall order, but um, unfortunately got caught up, uh, caught up in a wreck and ended our night early. But, um, you know, like I said, it's uh, something to do with your buddies during the winter and, and stay sharp in the meantime.
2: You were running in uh, my home area up in Syracuse, New York uh, for the grand finale. That was the first time. They have ever run TQs in that new building. What was that? Uh, how did that work out?
10: I think it went great. Uh, I really. I'll be shocked if they don't go back. I think that's going to become the uh, the third event. That'll be a yearly event for the Sound Series. So. Um, you know, we got Allentown, and obviously Atlantic City is is tradition. But uh, that brand new arena that they built there, uh, unfortunately, it was at the cost of the the dirt track. But um, you know, if we can. Get some type of race in there permanently again. It would be great. The arena is beautiful. It's brand new. They spent like 30 plus million dollars on the place. Um, it was a great event. You could unload your trailer right at the door. Uh, the doors were closed all weekend. It was warm for the fans. The fans could come right into the pit area. Um, it was a really a great layout. Um, and I think they can build on it for years to come. So hopefully, um, we can definitely, you know, keep going back to that place. Uh, just from Long Island, it's a little bit of a hike. It's like going to the end of the earth for us.
2: Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Okay. Let's talk about Myrtle beach a little bit because obviously brand new season, brand new situation. You got the hot hand last year, won the championship. It seems like, uh, this year going in, everybody's talking about you again, but this tour just keeps getting more and more competitive. We've got 34 cars set to go to the green over the weekend. Uh, what are you thinking?
10: Uh, I I'm confident in what we got, you know, obviously Ryan stone with our LFR cars, uh, They're going to come prepared. Ryan's, Ryan's been fine tuning on them all winter long. Uh, we didn't go to Smyrna for that reason. We just wanted to be 100% prepared. Um, we were really good off the truck last year, uh, at, at Myrtle Beach. We, we didn't even get to shake the cars down last year and went right to second, uh, in the first practice. And we were in contention to win just a little bit of strategy bit us with the, with the tire strategy you have to play at New Smyrna, uh, New Smyrna at Myrtle Beach. So, um, I'm excited to get back down there and, and, you know, we've learned a lot in a year as a team, and we've come a long way. And I think we have a better understanding of the pitch strategy that we need to play on Saturday. So, um, you know, it's, it's a really tough race to play, but I'm excited to get done and give it a shot.
1: So, Salamito uh, was on here a little while ago, and he it was kind of torn on liking or not liking the strategy aspect at Myrtle Beach and you grew up on Long Island and and you know Riverhead those drivers race tracks for the modifieds are much different than what you face at Myrtle Beach do you like the strategy aspect that a track like the beach brings to the table
10: I, I like it once a year you know I think it's something different and it, it kind of it rounds out all the the racetracks you know we have all different types of tracks but I think it it makes you become a more whole driver. You know, it's, um, you know, we don't have a road course on schedule, but it's like I had another wild card like that where you have to play strategy, whether it's with your pit stops and your crew chief drawing up different strategy. And, you know, you're not just all out going as hard as you can. The driver has to have finesse. And, um, there's just a lot of different aspects that it brings to the series. It's not something I think we should be doing more than once a year, but, uh, I do enjoy going down there. It's nice to start the season off down south in the warm weather. And, um, I think it, uh, it, it definitely, you know, it adds more characteristics to our series, and I think that's a good thing.
2: We uh, we were talking with Timmy earlier. I mentioned the fact that normally we have you guys on our Monday night show that we do this show uh, live on Thursday nights and ends up being syndicated. We've got over a million listeners worldwide on several different platforms for this show. And I asked Timmy to kind of define what a Modify was and all of that. My question for you is with all the horsepower, the big wide tires and all of that that you have how does that? How does a track like Myrtle Beach affect the modified? We know how it affects late models and so forth, but this has got to be one of the rougher, more abrasive tracks you run at during the year. Even though a lot of the tracks in New England are pretty old.
10: Yeah, it's it's one in its own down in uh, Myrtle Beach. Um, you know, New Smyrna is kind of close to the way it wears out tires, but at least at New Smyrna you can go hard for a little bit. I mean, right off the right off on a sticker uh, tire run at, at Myrtle Beach, you cannot really go as hard as you want. You will wear the tires out in, in a lap. Um after ten laps, you know, the the drop off is, you know, at least a second or more. So um the tire compound we run is just really soft and I honestly think with any compound we bring it just wouldn't it wouldn't make the racing any difference. So uh it's it's definitely a beast of its own. But um you know I think it like I said it makes um it makes you you know come up with tire strategy and it gets the crew chiefs involved and the picker involved and um it just makes for a good event overall.
1: Justin we got about a minute left, and I want to give you a chance to shout out to the supporters and sponsors that make it possible for you to get to the racetrack you need to thank.
10: Uh, we can't do it without everybody. you know uh, we got I've been driving for Ken Massa now for 10 years. Uh, we actually have uh, this is our 10th season together, so um, I'm pretty excited about that and M3 technologies and his whole family, team and the kids and uh, Phoenix Communications, everything they do for us to get us to the racetrack. We got Clearcom coming on board as an associate sponsor this year uh lfr race cars robbie fuller and, and david lewis of uh of robert gates and engines as along with my whole team you know ryan leads a great group of guys and we got the whole same crew back this year and actually uh getting ready to they're heading out soon with the rig to head down north so i'm um, excited to get the year kicked off here and and see what we can do we're, we're hoping we can pick back up where we were last year but um you know we're going to work hard uh keep progressing and, and just try and be better than we were if we can
2: Ten years, I don't know Jacob, one of them should get a pin. I don't know which one, but one of them should get a pin. <laughs> if you get together for ten years, well, one of them deserves a pin
10: instead of a pin, we did a special uh, back panel of a bunch of old pictures and stuff that uh, Phoenix was willing to give up the spot of the car for to show old pictures of the team over the last ten years oh, so it's nice. pretty, that's cool. pretty cool of them to let us do and a uh, little little tribute to Ken and thank a little way of thanking him for everything he's that's done awesome. for, that for myself awesome. and the team and, and everybody, that's cool. so uh, cool little thank you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we want to thank Justin Bonsignor for joining us on the program tonight. With that, we're going to scurry right off to a break. Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, continues in just a moment.
4: Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less...
8: Hi, I'm Cody Connor, and you're listening to Race
1: Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Convenient Cody Connor plug is convenient because Pass is getting ready to go to Richmond for their rescheduled they are. race.
2: Yeah, I so. think that was the Tiger Stripes Blues, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. <laughs> Welcome back
1: to Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu. Jacob Seelman and Tom Baker. With you on this side of the camera and on the other side is Randy Miller and Chris Murdoch who have been punching buttons all night and keeping us straight and in line and doing our thing over here. And not that I'm just going to jump right out from behind this table and abandon you for the rest of the show, but if I were interested in doing so and going and finding a cybersecurity job somewhere, Tom, I hear our friends at My Computer Career can help with that.
2: You know, you're right. They actually can. I'm trying to picture you in cybersecurity, but um, yeah, my computer, <laughs> yeah don't my computer career can help you become or enjoy a job in cybersecurity, and they can train you for that position in as little as four months. Here's how this works: you go to mycomputercareer.edu. edu. There's a free career evaluation there. Take it, and if it's something that you're interested in, you can have the degree in as little as four months. Two different ways. You can either study online two to three days a week, or you can go to one of their campuses. They've got seven of them all over the country. So you can you can do either way. It doesn't make any difference. And here's the thing. You say, well, I'm not very good at math and science. It doesn't matter. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. It's training for a better life. And there are over 2 million right now cybersecurity jobs that are unfilled across the country. IT is one of the growing professions and it's not going to go away anytime soon. You're not going to be replaced by a robot. So again, mycomputercareer.edu, free career evaluation. You can go there, take that. And if you decide you want to pursue a career in IT, as little as four months is all it takes at your pace, two to three days a week on campus or online, doesn't make any difference. Financial aid is available if you're eligible, including the GI Bill, and they work with hundreds of employers so that you could be placed as soon as possible once you are able and, and have all the training that you need. So there's no excuses. Just go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation and get started on your way to a new career in IT and cybersecurity. You're not really going to go into cybersecurity, no, I'm not. are you? Okay, good. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not smart enough for that. Well, I'm ba- Rick, Ricky Harden in our chat is an IT professional. R- you know hey, that? yeah,
1: I give Ricky credit. He's way he's Ricky way better very, with that yes, stuff than is. I am. He's very smart.
2: We're so. happy to have Ricky as a fan of the show, yeah. and uh, we appreciate uh, I'll, him tuning
1: in. I'll, I'll stay doing what I'm doing and fumbling through talking about race cars.
2: Okay, um, warning to all of you: there gripe session upcoming.
1: Yes, this portion of the show not. Jacob's re- uh, yeah. going to gripe. Yeah. Jacob's going to gripe. I need to get Bounty to sponsor this gripe segment because they can uh, clean up all the spilled milk that I'm about to cry or over. Or gripe water. Or gripe
2: water. That or, too. you know what? We can, we, can, it, it, we, we can do this. What's your beef, Jacob? Brought to you by Wendy's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> by Wendy's or by uh, Smithfield?
2: Well, there can be a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Pick your poison. Moving on. My beef is once again with the NASCAR Hall of Fame nominating committee. Earlier it was about the Landmark Award. If you missed that, I got mad because Barney Hall and Janet Guthrie got bumped from the Landmark Award list for this year. Now I move to the actual NASCAR Hall of Fame nominating list and nominating committee because, well, they bumped somebody off that list too. We've never done it in the previous 10 years of doing this, but apparently, apparently, Kirk Shomardine is not good enough to be on the Hall of Fame nominating or nomination list anymore. I don't get it. He has more Cup Series wins in a shorter amount of time and more championships before age 33 or 34. I rem- I remembered the exact number. I saw it yesterday, and then I'll go look it up from Nate Ryan. But he, ha- he had more accomplishments in a shorter amount of time than Ray Evernham, who's already in the Hall of Fame. I don't understand it here. I don't like the idea that once you've been on the nomination list, you can be bumped off. I don't feel like that's fair. I don't feel like it's right. And for God's sake, crew chiefs have been basically the the forgotten redheaded stepchildren of the NASCAR Hall of Fame since there was a NASCAR Hall of Fame. Crew chiefs have gotten no respect Since this whole thing started, Nate Ryan actually penned a column about this that I I wanted to jump through my laptop and hug Nate because he was 100% right. There's only a handful of crew chiefs. I think I can count on one hand the amount of true crew chiefs that are in the hall right now, and there's way more that should be on the nomination list, let alone some that should already be in the hall. It just grinds my gears.
2: I (laughs) I I have two thoughts on that. One, I agree with you in general. Um, why is it that have we had people bumped off before this no, year? This so is the this first, is a new thing. This is a new thing. So the first question is, why are they doing that? I mean, yes. what what does it hurt to have a larger number of people, Randy, on the nomination list? I don't understand. Let people vote for who they believe should be in there. I do agree with the crew chief with the crew chief sentiment. There should be more of the crew chiefs in there. But. Yeah. Um, I think this goes back to what I said before, and then I'll let Randy react. Um, for me, why is Ray Evernham in before Kirk Shelmerdine? There, there needs to be more of the legends and the and the older, uh, it, those who impacted beforehand. Just because Ray's eligible doesn't mean he should be in on the first vote. If we're gonna limit the number of people that can be in the Hall of Fame at one time. That can be voted in at one time, Randy. I think we should look at doing it according to at least for the most part according to chrono, you know, chronology, instead of putting all these first-time ballot Hall of Famers in and you know and, and leaving these guys like Kirk Shelmerdine off.
7: Yeah, there's there's era creators at the beginning of NASCAR's history that haven't been in the Hall of Fame yet, but then we have people like you know Jeff Gordon, although he is you know a great person like jeff gordon should i know i was just using him as an example but but i'm saying there are people that you know that have uh, are more recent people that have retired and they're already in the hall of fame and we have people that pretty much invented the sport that are still out there waiting to be inducted in the hall of fame my question though is does all do do does like football and baseball do those guys do the same kind of voting where the the when the nominations come out some people usually get bumped off does anybody know I, I, don't I don't know, know I don't yeah I, I don't I'm know, curious. but it, it
2: just I think it bothers me that NASCAR puts so few people into yes. the hall each year to begin so, with. Now I, and that's why you get these debates. Right, that go right.
1: on. I know we talked about and I brought up the uh, comparison of the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame a couple weeks ago on this show and how they have different categories for yeah. selection every year, but somebody actually brought up the baseball the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame how they have a i I don't think it's quite un, an unlimited pool of nominees every year but there's a have, bunch there's a bunch every year and then anyone who gets a certain percentage of the vote goes in and you know some years you have more inductees than others but i I would actually advocate for something like that because it would give more of the pioneers and more of these guys who should already be in the hall—an right. opportunity to be in—as opposed to limiting it to four or five people every year and having to leave, you know, leave some of these people off that should have been in years ago.
2: Yeah, that's my whole take. Is I think that there are too few from each category on the ballot each year, yes. and I think we vote too few total people in each year. I think NASCAR, the first, say, five years of the Hall of Fame should have um should have put a lot more of the pioneers in. Um and then we would wouldn't have to have all these debates. Um right. I know it's an arbitrary thing. I mean, whether you're in the Hall of Fame or not, but to me, when you give as much of your life to the sport as Kirk Shalmerdeen has and you are as accomplished as he is, if you're going to put Ray Evernham in there, mm-hmm. by all means, he, Kirk Shalmedine should be in there as well. And there, exactly. there are a number of other crew chiefs that would also be
1: in that category. Dale Inman. I was going to say, stop, yeah. stop and consider that Dale Inman wasn't even on the nomination list the first year of the yeah, Hall of Fame. And, exactly. he more, and he has more championships than anyone in NASCAR. That's Including not, Richard Petty. <laughs> that's not a team owner.
2: Correct. Yeah. He's got eight. He worked with uh, Terry, Terry
1: Labonte. Labonte. Yeah. Yep. yep. For, for Terry's second yep. championship at Hendrick Motorsports. So. Yeah.
7: To, yeah. To answer you guys this question, it does happen in other sports. Yeah. Because I looked it up. Yeah. Oh, it Just does. To, yes. Okay. Like uh, for for instance, like baseball Hall of Fame, they actually, well, the the voting committee actually votes for like they give them thirty three names and they're allowed to vote for ten out of the thirty three, and then those votes go into the initial list. And then they vote for those people going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay. From year to year, they can't be bumped if nobody votes them into the actual nomination list. It's dumb. Yeah. It's just
2: I I think there's got to be got to be a better way to do this um, to to make it to to put more people into the hall faster because there's there's you started the hall after you had how many decades of the sport right, right. Um, almost so you six i half, feel yeah. like you got to try six, six, to accelerate six, six, the process here you to know get some of these i don't know i don't here. know
7: how many like wrestling fans are out there but i know like the wwe when they do their hall of fame every year the last couple of years they've done like a i don't know what it's called but it's like there's like a list of like 15 people that go in together mm-hmm. as like a you know, like an empire type of thing where they induct like 15 people at once, just because there's so much history right. in the sport. Well, Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I think do NASCAR that. needs to look that. That's something at that. they can do too. Yeah.
1: So we're coming up on a break. I don't want to dig into another subject just yet. Cause then we'll get long winded and, screw up the clock and us yep. really never never right yeah i don't want i don't want randy he's got ammunition back there the, and i don't want it aimed at my oh gosh now he's got now he's throwing good well chris gravy. will actually i do have throw projectiles yeah chris uh, chris will actually throw things so let's not do that, that. Looks like that would hurt too. when we come back around the corner it'll be our lightning round segment and instead of quick-hitting topics. We'll, uh, we'll have a variety of topics. We'll talk a little IndyCar, we'll talk a little Formula One, and uh, we'll also talk a little NHRA. So all of that coming up in the lightning round segment in just a couple of minutes. This is Motorsports Madness, powered by my computer career, and we'll be back right after
4: this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds.
9: Hi, I'm Zane Smith, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. It's our lightning round, and tonight's lightning round is brought to you by Strutmasters.com, proud sponsor of NHRA Top Fuel Regular and, oh, by the way, six-time IHRA Top Fuel Champion, Clay Milliken.
2: If you own a luxury car or SUV, eventually your high-tech suspension system is going to fail. And when it happens, here's all you need to do. Call or click strutmasters.com for an american-made suspension conversion system that solves the problem for a fraction of what you pay at the dealer and that is the truth the only thing faster then the service at strutmasters.com is Clay Milliken stomping on that loud pedal. And, oh, by the way, he's going to be doing that very soon in the next NHRA event. He is
1: this weekend at the golden anniversary of the Amelie Motor Oil Gator Nationals Gator at Nationals. Gainesville Raceway in Florida, which has so many storylines. I wish oh. we had a whole show to talk about them. We'll hit the highlights. Number one, I think, is Clay Milliken and the fact that he and uh, Steve Torrance likely going to resume their battle for top fuel supremacy and oh by the way neither one of them have won yet this season considering uh steve's dear old dad billy managed to do it out in phoenix earlier this year so uh i think that's the interesting thing there in top fuel is the guys who have dominated the last year looking to get back up on the high horse, so to speak. A funny car. Jack Beckman's looking to become the first driver in a while to go back-to-back at the Gator Nationals. And I loved this quote from Beckman earlier this week. He goes, I don't want to be the guy who won the 49th Gator Nationals. I want to be the guy who won back-to-back and won the 50th because 50th only comes around about once in a lifetime.
2: Well, that's exactly right. It'll never come around again.
1: Probably not. He'll be long retired by the well, time. Well, once you yeah. get to
2: fifty, you go to fifty-one. You don't go backwards. True. So it'll true. never come around again.
1: Uh, and and by the time the next major milestone comes along for the Gator Nationals, Beckman will be long since retired. I would yeah, think. I that. would think so. I mean, un- unless he's going to pull a John Force. But <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of There's John- always that yeah. possibility. Speaking of John Force, John Force is going for NHRA Funny Car win number one fifty this weekend in the fiftieth annual Gator Nationals. So that's a big deal. And- Take that, Kyle Busch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there you go. Yeah. Good. If Kyle Busch runs as long as John Forrest, I don't want to think about how many races he could win. But, oh, my gosh. Oh, he might wow. catch Petty. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, there, there's funny car. Pro stock. A um, couple things that I noticed on social media this week. Number one, Alex Laughlin is debuting a Haviland scheme on his pro stock car that's red and gold, and it is absolutely fantastic looking. Um, that, that car is gonna be really slick this weekend Sweet. in Gainesville. Pro stock motorcycle's really where the fun storylines are though, Tom. In a world where Angel Sampe and Vance and Hines are in the sport, what odds would you have ever given those two sides to pair up for anything?
2: I know, it's amazing. It's kind of, that's kind of like the if you're a baseball fan, it'd be kind of like the Yankees and the Mets co-promoting something. Yeah. Or the Yankees and the Red Sox. It just shouldn't happen. Oil and water. Yeah. Should
1: never mix. And yet, Angel is driving the third Vance and Hines street rod this starting this weekend at the Gator Nationals. Mike, if she goes out and wins this race, it's going to start a storm of, why didn't you do this 10 years ago? <laughs> and... But. And Matt Hines is going to look at everybody and go, "Because 10 years ago we hated her cuz yeah, she exactly. kept beating us." <laughs>
2: yeah, we were so sort of losers.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I love it though. I really do. And Karen Stouffer um is is also uh in 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 the headlines um I believe on a White Alligator ride this weekend, which is another one of those uh that I was like, "Oh, this is weird, but with uh with Jerry Savoie cutting back a little bit, um Things got interesting, and Savoy was looking for you know looking for something different. So we'll still Never see him. I think. Never know what you're going to find. No, in the you NHRA really don't.
2: these days, which
1: is great. I love it. It's it's something different. Last year, remember, by the way, Terry McMillan was the uh, the shocker of the Gator Nationals when he picked up that victory, and I, I I'm hoping that we might see something crazy like that again. The coolest storyline about this year's Gator Nationals, not only is it the 50th, but NHRA's also got something fun going this weekend called Unfinished Business, Tom, where eight of the legends of the sport, including Joe Amato, Big Daddy Don Garlitz, Shirley Muldowney, there's a handful of others too, I'm not going to go through the entire list, but legends of the sport, the founding members of the sport in some cases, are racing against each other in elimination passes, in identically prepared Toyota Camrys at Gainesville this it's
2: weekend. It's IROC, NHRA style, and I, I love, love it. it. It's Ugh. great. That's going to be fun. How can you
1: not love it's it? It's
2: great. And, and oh, by the way, I was just thinking about the whole Kyle Busch racing as long as John Force. <laughs> the vision in my head was here's Kyle at 68, and he wins, yeah. and he gets out, and he bows, and like throws out a hip or something. <laughs> he's got to be out for six weeks.
1: Oh, man. And
7: actually, I, I feel like at some point in time, Brexton's going to come along and beat him, and then he's just going <laughs> <like>, oh, <laughs> to You are so right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Get out, Dad. You're too old. <laughs> oh, man. All right. For
1: anyway. me, let, let, yeah, let's go to um, F1 F one for a minute and ask ourselves, because the Australian Grand Prix is this yeah. weekend. We talked at the top of the show the tragic death of race director Charlie Whiting. Um, So I know it's going to be a somber note in the Australian Grand Prix paddock this weekend, but the question everybody's asking is Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel, or somebody else?
2: (laughs) Well, you know what? It's too easy to go with the favorite. Um, I I had to laugh at Lewis's teammate. Um, Oh, Valtteri? Valtteri Bottas, who suggested that he's basically, in paraphrasing, it's kind of the Roscoe P. Coltrane. I'm getting serious now. I mean, it, he's going out and run for a championship. It's like, I, I, you do not understand. There's a reason you're, you're where you are. It's because you're number two and Lewis is number one. That will never happen in, in uh, at Mercedes if Lewis Hamilton is still racing. I don't see Botas winning a title. So um, I, I'm going actually with one of the Red Bull cars. Can really? you guess which one? Max. Yeah, Max Verstappen. Yeah, I am. I actually feel like they're going to have an interesting season and be fun to watch this year. I think him and Gasly will be good teammate, teammates. And uh, uh, it isn't often that you see Max this excited going into a season about what the situation is there, but he's really stoked.
1: Well, I think Pierre Gasly is going to push Max. I agree. As well. Yeah, Pierre's um, I, got some
2: learning to do, but I he think does. he's going to.
1: I think he did a lot of learning with with as far as he took Toro Rosso last year and the points he scored. I believe Pierre's done a lot of learning already. I think he's going to be just fine and yep. be up to speed very quickly. I, I felt like he was even better at Toro Rosso than Max was when Max was at Toro Rosso personally. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think I that's a very good sign of things to come uh we'll go back around the table for indycar conversation now with a couple minutes to go here chevrolet lost the manufacturer's cup for the first time in seven years last year at the end of the ntt indycar series season however they're back on top they won the season opener in st petersburg with team Penske and joseph newgarden Is Chevrolet back? Is this a sign that the Bowtie Brigade is going to get back on the horse and uh, stomp on some HPD this year?
2: If you're asking me, I don't think one race is is nearly enough of a data sample. To Penske always runs well at St. Pete, so I don't feel like... um, I don't feel like we know that yet. I, I hope it will be even up. I, I'd love to see 15 to 20. I know there are 15 20 to 20 drivers that can win a race right. on any given day this year. I don't know if there are 15 to 20 cars. That's what remains to be seen, and I right. hope
7: that's the, the case. Randy? Kyle Busch. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, you did say uh, you were going to. the. Um, I feel like coming going into Daytona, everybody was so excited about Chevrolet, and Chevrolet failed pretty much at Daytona. So, I mean – I know it's IndyCar, not NASCAR, but I feel like their their number needs to be drawn right now because I don't feel like they're really that great. So we'll have to wait and see. But I, I'm I'm skeptical. I hope that they're going to be better. But yeah. if they're anything like their cut program. It's gonna be a long. I also for think
2: you got to exclude Penske
7: from yeah. this conversation. Well, the problem is Penske. I think they
2: can put Volkswagens yeah, in their cars. The, be, I
7: was gonna
1: say the problem is Penske's the only power team that Chevrolet has right, right now. That's, that's what makes Fred the Flintstone argument pretty tough. Okay Yeah, season. exactly. Probably. All right. So the last couple minutes of this segment, I want to talk about something, Tom, that you actually were the one that brought this to the table, and I'm like, well, this is fun. Meekum Auctions. This weekend is going to be auctioning off some pretty cool motorsports history, a selection and an offering of cars from the Earnhardt collection, including one of his 1994. That's championship number seven, by the way, title winning race cars. Yeah. Yeah. You were you were the one that mentioned this. You probably. Oh, know I was, more I, than I was. I didn't do. know if you were going to ask a no, question or. I, I don't um, have a
2: question. I just want to know more about it. I don't. Well, the the problem is we really don't know that much more about it, except that on Saturday in Phoenix at the, the Meacham Auctions, uh, there are going to be um, a whole bunch of Earnhardt cars. Um, you know, uh, twenty to be exact, and it's going to be. I think this is going to be interesting because. You know how people are with nostalgia in motorsports, and Dale Earnhardt. I, I'm going to be interested to see how many of these cars go for seven to eight figures. Yeah, um, I could see seven figures easily for the championship car.
1: So the uh, I I just quickly hit a Google search and uh, went to Auto Week on this. So uh, the collection from uh, the collection devoted to Dale Earnhardt is what they're calling yeah. this. Um. It's uh, the Meacham Auctions event in Glendale near Phoenix. Uh, yes. Three race-driven Earnhardt Senior cars, including a 1994 Chevy Lumina, which is estimated to fetch somewhere between two and three hundred thousand right. dollars. A 1989 Senior Lumina and a '97 Monte Carlo, estimated somewhere between seventy-five and one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. The 94 car is the car that he clinched the championship in at Rockingham, by the way, to win that race and win the championship. Um, What's cool is there's also two Dale Earnhardt Jr. cars that are uh, involved here from DEI, including chassis 8022 from 2004, uh, which won at Atlanta. I remember that race, uh, the race that Junior won at Atlanta in March, and
2: that car
1: is autographed.
2: Yeah, it should be something. I'm surprised Junior... Wouldn't have wanted that championship winning car. It's really uh, going to be interesting yeah. to see who ends up with these.
1: And there's a street there, there's a street car collection as well. 2011 Chevy Camaro Earnhardt edition uh, with Intimidator trim. The, those were fabricated by Dale Earnhardt Chevrolet, yeah. which is where I uh, I go to get my car serviced over in Newton. As a matter of fact, um, 2008 Chevy Corvette Pace Car convertible. Oh eight Chevy Corvette Pace Car coupe. 06 Hummer H1 Alpha 01 Chevy Camaro SS Earnhardt Edition among the other cars that are going to be going across the auction block and uh if you want to go to uh, go take a look at the complete collection there's an article on autoweek.com that has a link to the full collection and anyone who has the money to want to go and uh try and get one of those cars this weekend be my guest yes. it's, hey, more, it's s- more than i can afford i
7: spent all my money
1: on that condo in manhattan yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the granite de- yes. the granite 88 and by the way my
7: money
2: if you're watching or listening to this show give us a follow on facebook uh, twitter and instagram at race chaser media social
1: social digits. all right with that We have, oh, about 15 seconds, so that means it's time to slide away to a break. And when we return, we'll toss a checkered flag on this edition of Motorsports Madness and gear up for the racing weekend, so don't go anywhere. This is Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. We'll finish it up in just a couple of
5: minutes. Here's an important message from Rad and this station.
8: Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports
7: Network.
1: The driver who, I can't call him a breakout driver of 2019, but is already on it. His- Already on his way to uh, defending his Not 2018 defending NASCAR Xfinity Series title, Tyler Reddick. And uh, I, I think that's the fun storyline going into Saturday's Xfinity races. Who can beat Kyle Busch? And I believe Tyler Reddick would be on the short list.
2: Well, he certainly would. I don't think it'll happen, though. I think Kyle gets 200 on Saturday. You think? Yeah.
1: I mean, he is a six-time Xfinity winner there.
2: Yeah, so. I mean, he, and he's two for two so far this year and, and basically... Kyle Bush or rather J G R has pretty much owned the Xfinity series Ownage. so far this year. Yeah. Own it. So.
1: Absolutely. Um and you know, shoot, Kyle's two for two in trucks too.
2: Yeah. Wow. I think if if anybody beats Kyle it's Christopher Bell. Yeah. That's my yeah take on that,
1: that. that. Yeah. And for Bell it would be interesting to if he does deny Kyle 200 and make him wait till Sunday. Boy, that that would be the real story of the weekend if somebody can deny Kyle and force him to wait till Sunday. With that, we're going to tie a bow on this show and thank our partners at mycomputercareer.edu, HMS Motorsport, and strutmasters.com for what they do to make this show possible, as well as Chris Murdoch and Randy Miller behind the glass for letting us actually stay on the air the entire show. That's always much appreciated, gents. You haven't signed off yet. (laughs) True, but I'm about to. For Tom Baker, (laughs) I'm Jacob Seelman. Folks, keep it off the wall, and if you're headed to a racetrack this weekend, we might, might just see you there. Have a safe racing weekend Till we meet again.
0: You've been listening to Motorsports Madness with the Race Chaser Online crew. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. Motorsports Madness is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network, www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com a member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section in the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-hosts, and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up.